Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. Good. Really good. I've been um, been to Manchester this weekend, so I am a little tight. Only a bit ropey still from the weekend. I'm a little bit ropey. But what was that for? That was was that just hanging out with your mates? Just my because my friends on from Manchester. Sorry, Manchester from Australia. We like haven't gone away or done anything together for years. Like just like my close, like you know, we got like a group of close mates. Yeah. Um. So we had it booked. We booked it in like July, and we it was this weekend. Like I was obviously not very well, and all I was sitting, like I was literally resting all last week. So I was like, I cannot miss Saturday. Like it's it's been booked for so long, and if I do, you know, like one of those things where everyone's gonna be like, you can't not come, blah blah blah. So yeah. Um, I didn't get to be honest. I was really good. I was quite sensible, but you know when you're still just it just knackers you like the whole no spring anymore now. Yeah, it hits you. Yeah, it's funny how a certain age all of a sudden just comes crashing down. Like a... <laughs> yeah, I was saying to the me, I feel old. I feel really old. I don't know why. I just feel very like I'm at that point now where I'd, I'd rather sit in bed and watch Netflix and eat. It's that funny age though. Like I had that today when we were, I was in the gym and this guy, the guy who's training, as in the guy that was in the gym, who's one of the trainers there, was just chatting to me and he said, oh, "I'm 23." I was like, "All right." And you know, when you're talking to someone, I was thinking, "I like I'm old now." Like you're yeah. looking at me and I'm talking to you about like life and bills and mortgages and and I was like, and then I said, "Well, do you know this guy?" And this guy called Sam, who I used to teach to dance, <clears throat> he said, oh, yeah, I know Sam. He's a couple of years older than me. I thought, shit, I am old. Because that boy was like the little kid that I would teach to dance when I was a kid. So I was like, yeah, you definitely feel very old. <laughs> yeah, horrible. It's proper horrible. More responsibility. Um, this. It looks really dirty. We had that last week. I said this last week with uh, me and Freddie were chatting about it. I said, and obviously I had your call that week as well. I had one of these weeks where Freddie said, you're right. And I said, I'm absolutely fine. It's just a week where it was a slap in the face of a reminder that you are really an adult. So it was like A&E trips, sick animals, not sleeping babies, tax being paid. You know what it's like when you're like, why can't I just play with cuddly toys when I was a kid and just be back to normal again? Watch Pokemon. You know, just chill out. I said to Jackson the other day, he was on about um, like all the stuff he's got to do. And I was like, I looked at him, I went, Jackson, I said, enjoy, enjoy doing homework because homework... <laughs> It's fun. I said, you're going to realise one day how fun homework is. <laughs> it's the best days ever. So, yeah, very good weekend. Just paying for it a bit now. So, Got you. So what are we going to talk about today? Today's one that you wanted to talk about, Aviva Global Treatment. Yeah, so I wanted to, just after I did the, um, I got asked by Aviva to speak for like, they were doing this 12 days of Christmas where it was about, um, you know, like. Oh, yeah, we need to talk about that. It looked amazing. Yeah, oh, it was so good. Like, they asked the director of global treatment of Further. Like, Further's a company that obviously makes the global, makes the product global treatment. And I went and seen them in Madrid last year. And Aviva had asked me and Frank, who's the director of Further, to do, like, a session on the importance of global treatment, like, why, how it's set. And obviously, they asked me to do it to say, like, how you would advise it to clients and speak about it. And it was just amazing because, one, there was, like, it was nearly like I can't remember how many, but it was well over a thousand people listening, which was amazing to think that over a thousand people are listening to what you're saying. Um, and the feedback was insane, like unbelievable. Like, lady who ran it, Gemma, 
was sending us um like some of the feedback that she received and it was just so like flattering like and it made me feel really good because obviously you're nervous to do those types of things because it's the first and I was also not very well like I yeah. was like it was one of those things where I was like I have to do it because it's really important but I'm drugged up to my eyeballs so I wasn't on my best performances in like I wasn't as ready as I would normally be but it was just like someone said that they've been in the industry for 27 years and it was the best it was the best um webinar they've been on and, said that and like made a point of saying the way how passionate Carla is and how she spoke about the product blew me away and I was like that made me feel really good so yeah I just thought we'll do like a little cover up of of what was said on there really and about how uh how uh how why it's important for in my opinion like what, what I think of it and how to get it across to your clients in a way that doesn't feel awkward because a lot of the reasons like Aviva's obviously BDMs get a lot of um, comments back from advisors that they don't talk about it because like, cause it's an added product. They feel as if it's like gets quite salesy and as if it's like another thing they've got to talk about it can feel very awkward um, because there's already so many things to speak about. It gets like a little bit complicated. So, yeah. So what's your take on that then? So how do you, you know, someone um, says they're not the someone, but what's your thoughts on throat? Because obviously you sell a lot of it and stuff. So what's your thought process on that? Like I just... I don't understand. If I'm being told, I don't understand. I don't understand that reasoning. And I, I, I just, and I get it as in, I get why you might feel like that. But if you understand what global treatment does, I don't know how you can allow yourself to do that. So when I first heard about global treatment, you know, when something just clicks in your head and you're like, what? Like, I literally, I remember Deborah at my BGM, who's incredible, telling me about it. And I was like, Eh? And I was sat there and I was like going on and on and on to the point where even when she finished the meeting, I followed her down the stairs and I was like, sorry, I said, can I just, I don't understand. Like, why don't we know about this? I said, forget I'm an advisor. Like as a mother, how do I not know that this is available? And she was like, oh, it's just because it's only advisory. Like we can't promote it. It's not like out there to the public unless they speak to an advisor. And I was like, it's an absolute joke. Like that's an absolute joke. Like, for anyone who might not understand it, global treatment is £3. So obviously you have to be able to do it with Aviva. And this isn't me like working with Aviva or like being part of Aviva. This is just genuinely something that just got me, like got my mind going straight away and I've always been very passionate about it. So obviously first things first is you've got to work out with the clients, like pre-sales will fit within Aviva. You know, you don't want them to be spending loads more if they don't need to, or if global treatment's not going to be something they're really bothered about. But I always start off with clients by explaining that basically it's £3 a month, it covers you and all your children, and if you were to be diagnosed with something like cancer, they will find you the specialist wherever they are in the world and pay for up to £2 million worth of medical treatment and costs. So basically, little mini story on it, I'm not going to like do it word for word, but lady... 32-year-old, gets diagnosed with breast cancer. She goes to the doctors, gets referred to the hospital, and then in the end they find out, actually, it's not just breast cancer, it's now spread to your spine. We can fix the breast cancer. We don't have the treatment available for the spinal cancer. So your prognosis is two to four years. So you will die. You've got four, two to four years and you're going to die. She's got two children. She had global treatment. Global treatment got her to Madrid, got her the therapy that she needed, and she's now all clear. 
So if this lady never had global treatment, she would be dead. And that to me is like mind, like mind blowing. Like, and even if there was another lady who had breast cancer and the NHS could treat the breast cancer, but she didn't want to go on the NHS. She wanted to have the specialist, like the best in that particular type of cancer worldwide who was in Germany. So global treatment flew out of Germany. I think it was 18 times getting the treatment, even got reconstruction surgery there because it, she was paying £3 a month. Now, you get a lot of people and you get other providers saying, well, yeah, but what's the likelihood of needing it? Well, considering that you're constantly telling us all day long that cancer's one in two, quite a lot. Yes, right now, the stats for global treatment aren't like, you know, they're not doing thousands and thousands a year of, of cases, but the, the, the product itself is really young. And in terms of like people claiming and the age bracket of when people would start a claim, it hasn't reached the maturity level of being able to say like, we get all of these cases and it's only advisor based. So if a client speaks to an advisor who isn't speaking about global treatment, you weren't going to know about it. And I just, this whole industry is based on risk. That's it. It's all based on risk. Whenever I speak to a client, I base it on, in my brain, you're going to get cancer next week. That's how I look at it because I know that if I've done a good job and you know, and I know that in a week's time, if something like that happens, everything's going to be exactly as it should be for them. Because if you take out a policy or you speak to a client feeling as if nothing's going to happen to me for years, though, then why are you taking it out then? Like, why, why have you got it? And if, and if your whole perspective on insurance is, well, it all, you know, depends on this, it depends on that. Well, okay, then this client gets diagnosed with cancer and they haven't got the treatment for it in the NHS. And this client rings you and says, hiya, do I have anything that will help me with this? I've been diagnosed with this cancer and it's, they've told me I'm going to die because the treatment's not available. If, if I've got anything in place to help with this? No. Oh, well, my friend's got this thing called global treatment and, they, they would have this access to the best treatment worldwide to see the specialist for the, this condition anywhere in the world. Why don't I have that? Oh, well, you never asked for it. Well, how would I ask for it if I didn't know about it? If I'm speaking to you as an advisor who has all of the knowledge, otherwise I'd have gone online and done it myself. Isn't that what your job's meant to be, to tell me what's available? I'm coming to you for advice because I want to know that I've got the best cover available and you haven't told me about it. So now I'm now I'm going to die now because you haven't done your job properly. Like I'm not having that on my conscience ever. Like that's not something I ever want to have on my conscience. So in terms of using looking at insurances that it's risk based, that they're coming to me for advice because they want to speak to a professional who knows what they're talking about. How can I not tell them about global treatment? How? And when advisors say, "Oh, this is this," I, I literally just say that to them. Like Jordan was in my office the other week. And he, hasn't, he didn't do loads of global treatment. And I was talking to him about when he was like, mm. what you tell every single client about global treatment? I said, every single client of mine gets told about global treatment, hand on heart, every single one. And, not, and I'm not saying every single client takes it. Sometimes the medical won't let them. Sometimes they're not interested. Sometimes they say, no, I don't want to spend the extra three pounds. That's fine. But I know every single client's being told about it. So then if that certain client rings me and says, do, you, do I have this? I know I can say to them, hand on heart, well, I did tell you about it and you didn't want it. So my <clears> conscience minimum standard, is clear. isn't it? Yeah. My conscience is clear. Like it's an absolute 
basic standard for me in a year and it is for my advisors like you have to tell them about that because that can literally change their life that that could save them that could stop them from dying and I'm not having my name attached to anyone who's not going to make sure that that's a priority because knowledge is power and if we aren't telling our clients that that is available you're doing a shit job end of so I get it. I get that it might be like, oh, but there's this and there's so much talk about, that's fine. But like, this is something that could genuinely save their life. And if you don't think that's important enough to speak about, then there's a problem. No, I completely agree. Plus, we've got the same mugs. Um, I just read this. You put that mug up and I was like, oh, I need coffee now. I completely agree. I think that it's quite interesting, global treatment in the concept of, um, as you said then, like if you're, for me, I never understand this idea of, of like, how do I say it? So I'm like process driven. Everything I do is pro everything because I don't think you can leave things up to chance. I really don't. And so I love it when people say, well, like, like when BHS salespeople, they go, I don't need to learn it or I don't need a script or anything because I'll, I know what I'm doing. And you're like, and that's why you're failing because you haven't, you're not learning. You've got to have this process. And so if you're leaving it up to chance as an advisor to not tell, tell some clients about it, but not others, and it's just a disservice. You're just not, you're just, it's not fair. You're not, it's not, I think that it, like everyone should not, I had the same, I, I have global treatment, obviously I took it through you and um, I have global treatment and it was one of the, when I was an advisor and they were told, told me that was a big one. Global treatment and ch children's upgraded critical illness cover was the two things that made me go to want to go to Aviva. And it's it. the two things as well that, and people think like, why have I been so successful and done what I've done so quickly? And I genuinely believe it's because I've spoke about things that nobody really speaks about. Like, I, I will go into detail with a client, like, and it's about being able to break it down with them. So, like, yeah. don't get wrong, don't get on the phone to a client and go, right, this is life insurance, this is critical illness, this is income protection, this is global treatment, this is fracture cover. I don't do that, no. I do it in stages. I break it down. So, like, the global treatment thing for me, the reason I speak about that early on in a conversation with a client is because if that's important to them, then I know I've got to go with Eva first. If it's not important to them, then I'll go to the whole of the market. And I've had it before where a client was so concerned about global treatment, which there will be. You've got to think cancer's one and two. You, you'll have people who've had mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters who've, who've had cancer and died because the treatment wasn't available or the, the, the one that would have helped wasn't available. So they're really, really passionate about it. And I've had it before where she said to me, she had this, this particular uh, client had um, quite a high BMI. And she said to me, I really, really want global treatment. Now, the problem with global treatment, which I'm feeding, I've fed back to them a few times, is as soon as you reach over, a, I think it's over 100% on global, on um, on rating. So say Aviva rated them 125%. They couldn't get critical illness. Now, if they can't get critical illness, they can't get global treatment because global treatment is under as a critical illness product. Yeah. So if the client can't get global can't get critical illness, they can't get global treatment, right? And I think it goes, I might be wrong, but I had this lady who had a hundred percent rating. So I remember I'd said, right, I'm gonna check all the providers and see who's gonna be the best for you. And I think it was Scottish would no. Yeah, I think Scottish Rails were rating a 25% of Eva rating a 100%. So there was a 75% difference in price. And I told her that, I said, right, I can't remember the figures, but let's just say it was, it's going to cost you 20 quid with Scottish Widows or it's going to cost you 35 quid with Aviva. And she wanted Aviva. 
And she said to me, she went, it's not, she said, I think it's ridiculous that it's three pound, but I'd be willing to spend 30, 40, 50 pound a month to know that if I, if anything happens to me or my son, that I have got that available, how can you, I remember saying to her, I'm so glad you feel like that because I feel exactly the same way about it. Like if someone said to you now, Ash, right, God forbid, something's going to happen to you or one of your children. How much would you pay a month to know that you're going to be able to see someone worldwide to be able to keep them alive? How much would you pay a month? I'd pay 50, 60, 100, 200 pounds. Would you, wouldn't matter, would it? If someone no, said gosh, to me, it doesn't matter. If you, well, if I, I knew, more than my mortgage, yeah. If someone said to me, oh, if, if I knew, yeah, there's a strong chance that probably 70, 80 percent chance, 50, 50 chance, cancer's one and two, it's a 50, 50 chance that Paris is going to be diagnosed with something before he gets to 21. And oh gosh, you, no! I pay, I pay whatever. Like I, was, I mean, in general, the the product I think is worth you. more than it is. But there is no amount of money that matters at that point, really. You know, you look at it like one of these things. I think that's you said right with insurance is like it's all about like relative cost. I think a lot of the time people don't think about relative cost, and it's like it doesn't matter. It's all retrospective afterwards. You'd pay. You spoke about it in your last one. How much money do you pay to go and see a private person or whatever yeah. when you have it? You pay thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds that you would. There's no, there's no amount of money that you would put on that if it was the difference between that spinal thing or not once you've got the spinal yeah, thing. Yeah, but that, that particular client, right, she said to me she would pay 50, 60 pounds a month just to have global treatment. I would, Never global treatment, yeah. yeah. I'd pay about 50 pound a month for global because, treatment. Because she wanted to make sure she had it. Now, imagine she hadn't spoke to me and she spoke to an advisor and never even told her it was available. Like, how how and that's the part i don't get like i'm not saying that every single client needs to go with a viva or that every single client needs to have global treatment but what i am saying is that every advisor if you've got a client that's coming to you for the best advice because they want someone professional to deal with their cover then you are doing them a disservice by not telling them it's available because if something that happens to that client the only person they're going to blame is you so for me forget sales forget anything else it's that conscience over commission it's the what is the right thing to do by that client? And, you know, yes, some people say, well, no, I'd rather, like, instead of having, like, £10 a month life insurance, I don't want to do £7 a month life insurance and then add on the global treatment because it might not give them as much and they might not think it's as good. And I'm like, but that's not your decision to make. That's theirs. Your 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 responsibility is to tell them what's available and to give them as much option and as much clarity as you can. If you aren't telling them about global treatment, then you're the one that's going to get the blame if something goes wrong. And for me, no amount of money is worth that. Like, I want to sleep at night. So I know all my clients have been told about it. They don't want to take it. That's fine. But I know they're aware of it. And that's what my responsibility is. That's my duty to my clients. Spot on. What is your parting words? This is a long episode. We're doing a good one on this. You're all so right. passionate about this topic. No, I am so passionate about it. And like part and words have been, you know, if anyone if anyone doesn't understand how to how to advise global treatment, feel free to to reach out to me or reach out to someone at Aviva and ask them for more help on it because this whole thing of like having the having to do what's right by your client, for me, global treatment is a massive part of that. And sometimes it's the difference between being a good advisor and an advisor who just wants to earn money. And don't be an advisor who just wants to earn money because karma is going to come back around. So just make sure you're doing right by the client and conscience over commission every time.